Hey, a big welcome to C3 Powerhouse today. We want to say hello, Melbourne. Hello, our online community. We love you. It's great to see you. We're praying for you. And we're believing for God's best for you today. This is an exciting season in the life of our church. We're about to start a seven-day fast together. Come on, somebody. We're about to fast uh, for the next seven days. Uh, starting tomorrow morning, uh, going through to next Sunday, we're believing God for a number of different things. Uh, what the, the first thing that we're praying and believing God for, and I'll be praying this every day, and it's something that we wrote on our dream for the decade at the start of the year, is we're seeing a move of God, a season of revival in our church. And the last week I've written down what I believe the markers of a season of revival are. So I'm praying this for us, for me, for you, for each one of those who are part of our church family. I'm praying uh, that we would have an insatiable hunger for the Word of God, that we would just want to read, study, meditate on the Bible, that that would be the mark of revival. It starts in our hearts, that we would have a thirst for the presence of God. We'd want to be in worship. We'd want to pray. We'd want to spend time in God's presence. It wouldn't we wouldn't be filled up with so many other things that we're not hungry for God's presence, that we would have a a, a passion for God's people. The mark of revival is that we would love one another with such a depth of love, that we want to be together, that we want to serve one another. That Jesus said, by this one, people know you're my disciples. If you have love one for another, that that love would be so deep. We wouldn't just have knowledge that, that, that informs us. We would have a hunger for God's Word that transforms us and we have love for one another. Although in addition to that love, there would be a holy awe that would come upon our church, a fear of God, a reverence for the Lord Himself, a, a radical forgiveness of those who have hurt us and a, a deep repentance so we get every blockage out of our heart. That's the signs of revival. And then that out of that comes this urgency to win our friends and family and neighbours to Christ a burden for the lost. You you can't say, I'm in revival just because I want to be in exciting meetings. A revival changes us from the inside out and we have the burden that God has and that's for lost people. That's what I'm praying for you. That's what I'm praying for me. That's what I'm praying for us. And then it spills out over the walls of our church, into our city, into our neighborhood, into our community and into our family. Let there be a revival in our church. And so as we look to fast as a church, as we as over the next seven days we look to fast, I've just written down some things that happen when we fast. When we fast, we get closer to God. When we fast, our appetite for God increases. When we fast, we get clarity in hearing the voice of God. When we fast, we move from fear into faith. When we fast, poverty gets broken off our life. When we fast, health and healing is released in our lives. When we fast, we overcome addictions. When we fast, we crush demonic powers. When we fast, salvation comes to those around about us. When we fast, prodigals are released back to the Father's house. When we fast, miracles happen. It's my job as your pastor to get you excited about fasting. Uh, not about the feelings that come in the first few days of fasting when you feel like I'm going to die, but about drawing close to God and paying a price for revival in our own lives and supernatural breakthrough. That's the things that we're going to fast into. Fasting supercharges your prayers. And so uh, on our website, if you want some more information, some tips some testimonies, go to our website and have a look there. I want to encourage you, if you've never fasted, uh, one, you won't die. 
by going without food for a little while. Okay, uh, water, not good. Drink liquids, all right. But, but it, a soft entry could just be to stop fasting um, sweets and alcohol and soft drinks and things that you enjoy and just have the basics. Or the next level is to cut back on, on meats and other things that will produce a, a, a more of a weakness in your body and, and cutting out a range of things. It's between you and God. There's no competition. There's no level of spirituality. But I encourage you, this week, cut something out. Uh, cut out social media. Cut out media. Cut something out and replace it with prayer and time in God's presence. Uh, we're going to have some prayer this week. Focus prayer as a church. Uh, 6.30 Queensland time every morning and 7.30 uh, Daylight Savings time. We'll be having prayer together. It'll be on our Instagram account or here on site at 6.30 from Monday to Friday. Or on, here on site, church, we'll be praying for one hour together, only on site, 7 till 8. It's going to be a rock the world kind of prayer meeting. We're going to worship, we're going to pray, and I want to encourage you, come along. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit around that today. So that's, that's us. Who's, give me a wave if you're going to fast over this next seven days, believing God for supernatural breakthrough. Fantastic. Fantastic. I want to, before I get too wound up and start to preach, because I want to preach the second part of my message, but God, we've got a, a wonderful lady who's going to share her testimony this morning. Her name's Kelly. And I want to ask you, Kelly, why don't you come on up here and you're going to tell us about how God's transformed your life. Uh, but particularly through serving. So God bless you, Kelly. Thank you. Good morning, church family. My name is Kelly. I've been part of C3 for about four years now. I did the Growth Crouch course, which put me on the hospitality path, which scared me as, I've, as it is something I've never done before. I had no idea of what to do, but I was given training and lots of help and support, which was amazing and something I wasn't used to. Being part of a team was also new to me, as I was used to doing things on my own. Even at school, when we did group things, I just sat back quietly and just did as I was asked. As time went on, I realised no one was judging me and started to relax and enjoy myself. It felt good to be part of a team, and I could feel my confidence growing and realising that doing something as small as serving coffee was preparing me for what God had in store for me. Again, as time went on, I felt I needed to do more and move further with my walk with God. So I asked if I could join the A-team. Being part of a team became important to me as I'd realized what being part of a team actually meant. Since being on two teams has made me realize that not everything doesn't have to be done on my own and it's important to be part of a team. And having that support and encouragement and to be honest, if I didn't have God in my life supporting and encouraging me, I'd be a different person today. I now have support, encouragement, and a lot more confidence in everything I do, as I know that God has got me, and I can't say, wait to see what else he has planned for me. I'm excited to find out. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Kelly. God bless you. Love it. Love it. We love you. Love what God's done in your life, what he does in our lives when we start to make it about others. Uh, confidence. Beautiful encouragement, support. If, you, if you're not part of our dream team and you'd like to be, check out our website. You can uh, later on, if you're here on site, you can go to one of the desks. You can message one of the people in the chat room online and we will help you to find a team that will encourage you, strengthen you and help you grow. Love that. I love that. Band, you've done a great job. Worship team, why don't you grab your seat? Put your hands together for our worship team this morning. 
Those of you online, I hope you sang strong in your lounge room. It's, you know, I think singing in your lounge room is, is probably one of the safest place for, places for many of us because there's no one in front of us. You can go for it. You, no one's judging your singing. It's, it's a good thing, right, when you're, you can sing at home. But here together, we're so loud that you just get drowned out if you're a bad singer. So either's good. They're all, it's all good. It's all good. I, I uh, you know, every now and then Danielle will encourage me about my singing, about the words that I get wrong, about the things. And, you know, uh, we, we try and have chats regularly about how to improve our marriage. And uh, she's, she tells me that there's two things I need to work on. One is that I need to listen more. And I'm not quite sure what the other one was. Uh, boom, boom. Okay, sorry. Here we go. Today. But God, but God, we're, we're in uh, the second week of this series. It's a book that Pastor Phil wrote called But God. It's based on the, the concept that through the scripture, there is 60 different mentions of this term, but God. And usually it goes something like this. My, uh, things had gone terribly. The devil was after me, but God turned it around. Jesus was buried in the tomb, but God raised him from the dead. And a life of faith includes many moments where it looks bad come on it looks like everything's got couldn't be any worse but God comes through and turns it around Uh, the promise from heaven might look a million miles away to you in your circumstances right now but God comes through he watches over his word to perform it and I want to encourage us in this today now one of the great keys to but God moments, supernatural turnarounds, miraculous and supernatural breakthroughs is prayer. Uh, there's a myth that some people swallow and believe, uh, and it's a, it's a mistruth. And the mistruth is I ask God once to do something, and then it's over to Him. And if it's His will, it will automatically be done. But that is not what the Bible teaches about prayer. That's not what Jesus taught us about prayer. And so this morning, I want to look into some of the ways that what Jesus taught us about prayer. The title of my message within the But God series this morning is Audacious Asking. Audacious Asking. There's so many different types of prayer. When you become a Christian and you begin a a relationship with God, you, you go on this amazing journey. And it's the journey of a lifetime to learn the different aspects and components of prayer. There's thanksgiving, there's praise, there's worship, there's intercession, there's prayers of repentance, there's prayers of forgiveness, there's fellowship with God and communion with the Holy Spirit and enjoying the friendship that we have with God. There's there's waiting on God, there's stillness, there's silence. Probably one of the hardest kinds of prayers to grow in is silence and waiting and being still before God. There's praying in tongues and praying in the Holy Spirit. There's, There's praying where we're prophesying things, where we're making prophetic declarations. There's praying where we're speaking scriptures that God's given us and we're calling the promises of God uh, into being as we declare them. There's confessions that we make, there's spiritual warfare, there's binding and there's loosing. There's so many different aspects to prayer and it's the journey of a lifetime for us to grow in our prayer life. But this morning I want to focus in on one particular aspect of prayer that Jesus taught taught about. Uh, It's called asking, the Bible word for it is supplication or petition. 
supplication or petition. So when Paul writes to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 4, he says, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about stuff. Easier said than done, right? But the way you do that is by all prayer and supplication or prayer and petition, depending on the version, let your requests be known to God with thanksgiving. So don't just come to God and annoy him all the time with I want, I want, I want. Make sure there's an atmosphere of thanksgiving and relationship. But this supplication, the idea of it was that someone would come before a judge or a king humbly kneeling down with a request, asking humbly for that person in a greater level of power to fulfill their request. That's what supplication is or petition. And Jesus taught about the type of prayer of, of, of asking God. James tells us, the brother of Jesus in the book of James, you have not because you ask not. You haven't asked and therefore you have not. One of the greatest, uh, I think it was Billy Graham who said, one of the greatest tragedies that will happen when we get to heaven is not unanswered prayers, it's unasked prayers. It's the prayers we didn't pray or the prayers we stopped praying. And so I want to talk around uh, five components of audacious asking of God. God wants you to be audacious. If you've got kids uh, who love you and know you, you know that kids will, will that, that, they will model petitioning very well. I want, they don't care about, you know, who you are or, or what it is. You just, I want this, I want that, I, come and give that to me. And there's a component of childlike faith that needs to be in your and my audacious asking of God. So five components of audacious asking that'll set you up for your but God moment. The first is this, we ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. John chapter 14, Jesus said this, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. This is Jesus to his disciples. So it begs the question then, well, what's my name? What's it mean to ask something in Jesus' name? Is that a, is that a magic word that I just sort of throw in my request and go, bing, at Jesus on the end and it guarantees it gets answered? That's not how it works. It's not just a magic add it to the formula. It's not a formula. The, in, the whole concept of, of asking in my name is asking in alignment with Jesus' nature and his purpose. Last Sunday night, we were sitting here for a night of power. It was a wonderful night, and, and uh, Pastor Josh is sitting here in a couple of seats, and behind him is Danielle, uh, flanked by our two kids, Mitchell and Gemma. Under the seat, in, uh, and under Josh, in front of them is a little box of chocolate fantails, which at one point was, was a, a award that was supposed to be given for somebody. And my kids decided that they wanted the chocolates. So they began to text Josh. And, they, and this is how they texted him. Hey, Pastor Josh, mom wants you to give us those chocolates. And 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 then and they're both they're bombarding him. Mum really wants you to pass us back those chocolates. Josh has a little sneaky look back, and she's like, "It's not me." But what they're doing is they know that Mum has authority. She's Pastor Josh's boss. Mum has authority, so they're using her name 
to get what they want. After a while, they grab her phone and they begin to, and they start to write a text. Josh, not Pastor Josh now, from Danielle. Josh, would you, because they know that if they ask in the name that has the authority, there's more likelihood to get it. But here's the thing. Josh knows that Danielle doesn't want the chocolates. She knows that they're using her name in vain. And so it's not in the nature or accordance with her. So that prayer from the kids goes to the side because it's not in her name. And it's the same like that for you and I. When we ask in the name of Jesus, that's according to the nature and alignment. Some disciples came along and they preached to the Samaritans and the Samaritans didn't hear them. And so they, they'd been with Jesus. They'd seen him uh, pray prayers that powerfully got answered. So they started calling down fire from heaven. Take them out, God. They didn't respond. And God didn't answer their prayer. You know why? Because it wasn't in the nature of Jesus. And Jesus said, you guys don't know what spirit you're of. That's not how we pray. So when we ask audaciously, we're coming in the nature and alignment with Jesus and his kingdom. It needs to line up with the word. We also ask in Jesus' name because he gives us access to God. The Bible tells us he's our mediator. He's our high priest, we're told in Hebrews. And Hebrews 4.16 says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. That's audaciously. We can walk in. You don't have to walk in with your head bowed, embarrassed, and not good enough. No, if you're a Christian, you've been made righteous. You've been clothed with the righteousness of Christ. You can come boldly in, and Jesus is the mediator, and you can audaciously ask. That's because you're coming in Jesus' name. Some, some uh, people later on in the book of Acts tried to cast demons out of people and they got beaten up and ran away because the demons said, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but we don't know you. Why? Because they weren't in relationship with Jesus. That's the authority you get when you come in Jesus' name. You're righteous in Christ. Some of, some of us, I believe, need to get a little bit more confident or, and audacious when you come to ask for God for things that line up with His nature. And he wants you to be significant and to advance in your life. That's in Jesus' name, audacious asking. The second thing is to come fervently. Fervently. James chapter 5 is talking about prayer. Uh, And he talks about Elijah was a man just like us. And God answered his prayer and he gave the key to it. He says, confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous one avails much. Fervent prayer. The Bible talks about diligence when we pray. Faith uh, believes that God is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's a fervency uh, in our church. Uh, and so let, let's look at what fervency means. Fervency doesn't necessarily mean loud. Fervency, uh, the Bible uh, translation of it is vigorous. It's, uh, it's energetic prayer. It's prayer that's body, soul, and spirit. I'm emotionally engaged. I'm physically engaged, but I'm praying out of my spirit. Too often our prayer just comes out of our heads, and we get all locked up in our heads, overthinking, does God really want this? Is this, is this right? Uh, and not really being immersed in prayer, but prayer that's fervent is body, soul, and spirit. I think probably the greatest example that I've seen of this is I went about five years ago to 
to Korea with Pastor Phil Pringle to the, great, the biggest church in the world. And the reason it's the biggest church in the world in Seoul, Korea, Dr. Yongi Cho, is one of the reasons is the church pray. 4.30 every morning, there's a prayer meeting, thousands of people. I went, I went to see Pastor Phil in a day of prayer for the nation into a stadium of 60,000 people from that one church praying. And I witnessed fervent prayer. And I've got a little video clip of it in the stadium that hopefully uh, the guys can put up on the screen behind me. So if you want to put that up. This on my phone. just people praying, like 60,000 people praying. They're all in color schemes according to their connect group. It's awesome. I love it. They're, they're, they're divided up into sections and they've got these colors on. But what a, and you, you would have noticed it there. There's lots of them and they're praying and they're just, they're just rocking. It's just like there's this, they're just, I'm, I'm immersed in this experience. And they're praying for a long time. So you, it wasn't a time to just stand up and yell at the top of your voice for six hours. So, but they locked in and there was this sense of we're burning things in prayer. There's a fervency that comes in prayer. Now that doesn't come as soon as you begin to pray. That's why I love praying in tongues because my spirit starts to grow and connect with God and you build your prayer stamina up and there's a, there's a fervency and we, we call it around here front-footed prayer. Not just, not just intellectual prayer the prayer that comes out of my spirit and that kind of prayer when I'm asking God and sometimes you can just you just ask God the same thing you're just like I'm asking you this God I'm asking it's coming from the depth of my heart would you do this God would you do that I'm asking you and I'll talk about that you don't just stop once you've asked once in a moment that's fervency pray from your spirit I can't wait to pray together this week one of the things when we pray together on Instagram you can either be a spectator who's just making some comments or you can have that there to engage you in prayer and really stir yourself up to engage with the spirit of prayer washing over you as others are praying or whether we're praying here on on Tuesday night can't wait for the atmosphere this we, we are renowned for fervent prayer uh, and it's, I don't, not just to be proud about that, but because that's the kind of prayer that's effective. Fervent prayer is effective with God. That's number two of audacious asking. Number three is we pray with expectation. We pray with expectation. It's, a, uh, it's another word for faith. You're, we're praying not just because we know we should. I know I've prayed those kind of prayers. I know we should. Uh, I'm not feeling it. But I told someone I'd pray for them, so I throw out a prayer. But there's no expectation that God's going to do anything. And Jesus said to some people who came to me, I came to him to pray. He said, be it unto you according to your faith. Because faith and expectation is a good word to, trend, to, to change. So if you're asking God for something right now, and he came and said, well, I'm going to answer it according to what you're expecting, would that be good news? Not what you're hoping, but what you're expecting. Because faith is a substance of things hoped for. There's an expectation that if I keep praying about this, if I keep bringing this to God, then He is going to hear me and He's going to answer me. And I have an expectation about that because one, I know the nature of God. He's good. 
I'm not trying to twist his arm to break through for me or to get me into a place of revival or to turn that my marriage around or to see my neighbor saved or to see my business uh, get, on, get right on track or whatever it might be. I, I, God doesn't need his arm twisted. He's good. So it comes back to me. What's my expectation? Am I going through the motions? Or if I have, do I, is there faith on me when, I, when I'm praying? Uh, the way you get faith on you is you feed on the Word. You immerse yourself in the Word of God. You listen to testimonies. You get into an atmosphere of people who are charged with faith. Uh, you, you remember the miracles that God's done in different seasons. I'll just write down all of the answers to my prayer. And it builds my faith so that when I come, I'm praying with expectation. The next thing when we, we pray is in agreement. I believe fasting is one of the things that supercharges your prayer life. Another thing that supercharges your prayer life is when you pray in agreement with somebody else. It's like the, the turbo boost to your prayers. Uh, Matthew 18 says this, I tell you, this is Jesus again talking about prayer. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. You want a key? Pray with somebody else who can get into expectation and agreement with you. Find a prayer partner. Husbands and wives, pray together on a daily basis, even for two or three minutes. If you're not married, find someone who you can maybe make a phone call to once a week and pray in agreement. It doesn't have to be simultaneous. It just has to be in agreement. We're agreeing together about this. This is why we work so hard to stir one another up to pray together because this is the nitro. Come on, this is the turbo boost for our church prayers. And then suddenly, it just takes off. The fifth thing we pray, this is the last one, is with persistence. With persistence. Then Jesus teaching them more about prayer. Luke chapter 11, use this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight Wanting to borrow three loaves of bread, you say to him, a friend of mine's just arrived for a visit and I've got nothing for him to eat. So they're in a village. If you don't feed a, uh, someone, it's, it's shame on you and it's shame on your family. Suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. In a Middle Eastern setting like that, there would very often be cows and sheep actually locked up inside the house. There'd be one, one or maybe two rooms. And so everything would be settled down. I'm not getting out of bed now. I've gone through the routine. And Jesus, using this as an example of how to pray. But I tell you this. Though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking loud enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence, because of your audacious asking, because you annoyed him. This is, this is Jesus talking about how to pray. He says there needs to be a persistence on the inside of you. He says, so I tell you, keep on asking. Ask and keep on, don't, there's the myth of I ask once and then it's over to God. No, no, no. Ask and keep on asking. This is Jesus directly teaching. You can bug God, annoy God, harass God, as long as we're doing all the other kinds of prayers of thanksgiving and worship and loving Him. But when it comes to petition kind of prayer, supplication prayer, it's just, morning Lord, here I am again. You know that thing we asked for yesterday? and the day before, and actually every day for the last 10 years. I'm just asking you again. 
And Jesus tells this story about a judge, I won't get into it now, and a widow who basically says he got worn down by her barefaced unashamedness, audacious asking. It moves into a second phase that I like to call relentless reminding when God gives you a promise and you just, but you don't give up. I think my, my favorite picture of this, and I think we've got one to put on the screen as we, as we, we continue on, is have you ever seen these buckets uh, at, a, at a water park? And the whole concept of it is that the water um, trickles back and it goes up and it gets loaded into the bucket. And then uh, that bucket just fills and fills and fills and fills. And all the kids, they come and stand around the front of the bucket. You know, it's like they're waiting, waiting. And, and then suddenly when the bucket gets filled, the water tips out. Okay, uh, somebody needs to get that as the picture of prayer today. Uh, the Bible talks about angels who stand before God and they minister the prayers of, that have gone up from the saints and pours out. So it's like every time you ask... A little bit of water in the bucket. And then you ask again. And then you relentlessly remind God of his promise and you ask again and you ask again. And then what happens one day? Come on, somebody, one day, 25 years for Abraham. You and I, and I said this last week, we tend to think in hours till breakthrough, days till breakthrough, or weeks. So when God says, I'm going to move suddenly, we're like, awesome, you've got 10 days, Lord. And then God says, who's eternal and sits outside of time, who a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. He says, I'm going to move suddenly. What he says is, as my suddenly comes in months, years, and generations. And so when God looks for people who know how to supplicate, who know how to petition him, who know how to pray, he's looking for people who understand. It's not, I'm not a one prayer wonder. Come on, somebody. I'm not like, oh, that was exhausting. I prayed for a week and it didn't happen. It mustn't be God's will. Uh-uh. I asked audaciously according to his nature and will. A good father who wants good gifts, but more often than not, the blockage is not God, it's us, it's timing, it's demonic opposition, it's the second heaven between the third heaven and here on earth and our prayers going up to God. That's why we add fasting. This is what I reckon happens. I've got one tap on of my prayers going into the bucket in heaven, but then when I fast, it's, just a, it's like, oh man, it's, it's like the fire hydrants goes on. I'm supercharging my prayers. And God sits there in heaven. I love this quote by Charles Spurgeon. He says, prayer pulls the rope that's above and the, of the great bell in heaven. And, and it sounds, I can't read it because my eyes aren't that great. It says, uh, some scarcely pull on the bell. Imagine that, there's a bell in heaven and a rope down on earth. And he says, some scarcely pull on the bell. And so God's not really hearing our prayers because we came along and went, oh yeah, I need this thing. And Spurgeon says, that's not how it works. See if I can quote it to you properly. Uh, he says, he who wins with heaven is the man or the woman who grabs a hold of the rope boldly and, and continuously pulls it with all of his or her might. That is prayer. We need to develop a stamina of prayer. We live in the Western world. Come on, come on, give the Lord a clap. We live in the Western world of the instant, of the immediate, of the, come on, put it in the microwave. 
and get that thing, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And sometimes we just got to get back on God's time. If I can get a keyboard to start, part of the key to this, part of the, the, the key to this of being able to, to pray petitions, supplications in the name of Jesus with a fervency, with an expectation, in agreement, and with persistence is that it is the work of prayer. Therefore, to sustain the work of prayer, we need to know what it is to wait on God to be filled with His Holy Spirit, to enjoy His fellowship. If you just only live in front-footed prayer zone, you'll wear yourself out. So therefore, we need to live in a zone of worship, filling, enjoying God's love that fuels us so that we can then get back to... I love this quote where it says, even though He won't answer for friendship's sake, Jesus is teaching us how to pray. There are certain things that God's not answering just because He likes you. It's not your friendship that's the basis of the prayer being answered. It's your persistence, your perseverance. And what I love about this is, uh, you may have heard this expression before, but God takes a long time to move suddenly. But then when He moves suddenly, bam, in a day. 14 years, Joseph's a slave. He's a prisoner. And in one day, shave off that hairy, that hairy beard, Joseph. Get some clean clothes on. Get clean because you're going to become the prime minister within 24 hours. Suddenly. But God. That's the scripture where it says, that when he talks to his brothers, although you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Last week we talked about this, this whole concept that God will take the schemes of the devil and he'll turn them around and he'll cause them to backfire on him. That's an expectation for you and I to have. Can we close our eyes right now? Father, I thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts as we, we're on the, the edge of this seven-day fast as a church. multiple locations and homes around the nation and the world. We're in a year where you prophesied a year of supernatural breakthrough. I'm asking that you would encourage us to be audacious askers from all of our heart, from all of our soul. You said, ask and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. Some of you right now, you're thinking of the thing that you're asking God for and God's immediate answer is, that's too small. You can do that in your own ability. Ask me for something big that requires a miracle. Some of you asked God for something for a number of years and it didn't happen and you've sort of just, it's faded and gone. The good news is all the prayers that, that were prayed are stored up in heaven. You can just start again. Not from scratch, but take off where you started from.
Lord, let us be fervent, persistent prayers. Move with us, I pray. Let the grace of God be on us as we fast in Jesus' name. While you've got your eyes closed, firstly, I'm going to release our Melbourne East location back to Pastor Ebony. We love you guys. So glad that you could be with us today. So glad we could be with you. And I release our online community back to Pastor Teresa. God bless you. We're praying and believing for you. Supernatural breakthrough, revival in your hearts. God bless you. 